I want to reach 50% more listeners in the next three months, and I need your help. Will you share and subscribe? If I reach my goal, let's invent a cocktail to celebrate. How about an Adventurita in Artslandia? Or do you have a better idea? Hi, everybody. I'm Susanna Mars, and welcome to Adventures in Artslandia. Today, I'm talking to Cassie Greer, the newly named artistic director at Bag and Baggage Theater, and their managing director, Beth Lewis. Thank you both for coming in to talk. Yeah, Thanks. thank you. Two women leading a theater company. What's that mean to you? Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, there's this wave in theater in America right now mm. with artistic leadership uh, or leadership of theater companies. And more and more and more, it's women and people of color and people whose voices have have historically been less represented or more marginalized. So it's super exciting that we at Bag and Baggage are sort of part of that wave that's happening across the board nationally right now. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm super jazzed about that. And I also wish that it wasn't a thing that was like a big deal or <laughs> worth us getting excited about because, mm -hmm. you know, this should be not a... De rigueur. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because knowing other artists of color and women, there's that responsibility piece, which mm -hmm. can be a blessing and a curse. Mm -hmm. Because you as an individual artist, does, do you feel that it maybe, you know, you've got to think of things or do you have to think of special things or not? Yeah. yeah. I think we, Beth and I were just having this conversation the other day about how um, every time, you know, the other thing is that that equity and diversity and inclusion mm. are, you know, I think particularly given our current uh, social and political landscape becoming more and more and more and more of a big deal, especially as people realize that historically as a nation, we have been pretty awful mm -hmm. to these less represented mm -hmm. groups. So we were having a conversation the other day about every time we we sort of take on one piece of that, we suddenly realize like seven other things mm -hmm. that we should also be doing and should also be being mindful about. Right. It's um, like triage now. It mm -hmm. really you know, thinking, is. Wow, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. How do you keep your sanity with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for us at Bag and Baggage, um, we just redid our strategic plan for the next five years and, and diversity, equity, and inclusion is a huge part of that. And I think, you know, being a predominantly white institution and, and recognizing where you are in the process, mm -hmm. um, I feel like um, a lot of our colleagues are doing that work and I feel it's really important to be transparent about who you are and where you are in the process mm -hmm. and what are steps that you can take now? What are steps that you can take five years from now and how do you get there? Yes. And that's as important. Um, and, and that acknowledgement of, of being where you are and yeah. recognizing that and taking ownership of that, yeah. the good and the bad. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think it's really interesting. I was talking to Luann Schooler over at Artist Rep about the word welcome and how that word, even by welcoming, quote unquote, someone into your fold, you are all automatically you're telling people that there's there's a, some sort of demarcation between yeah. us and them. What do you think the importance of uh, a regional theater company is? Um, what does your city give you 
Yeah. yeah, and we're out in Hillsborough. Yeah, I mean, I think we do a lot of work with our own community about that. And I, I often say it is one thing. We talk about the vault being a welcoming space and mm-hmm. that word. And I always say it's really easy for me as a mid-30s white woman to say, our space is welcoming, come in. And that's going to make a whole lot of mid-30-year-old white women feel real comfortable. But mm-hmm. until we can start making sure that our representation of our community is in our theater, both on stage and off. That's where the work, um, that's where the work is done so Mm -hmm. that people recognize that we are a welcoming space for all people. Right. That makes sense. Actually, I envision it as, you know, when you start reaching out to other communities and you are building relationships and then you're inviting the people who are related to those people to kind of hold hands and come in together. Yeah. I mean, and I think there's a trap of, you know, wanting to check the box like, oh, we've done it. We've we have become welcoming of this particular aspect of the community. And and the, and and that's not what it's about. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, theater is a powerful medium because it is about the human experience. Mm-hmm. And we are denying ourselves part of the richness of that if we are only specifically looking at certain elements of the audience. So I think, you know, part of wanting to be completely upfront about where we're at in the process mm-hmm. and to take this on with, you know, a whole bunch of authenticity, like we're, I'm not as interested in, in checking the box, I'm really interested in our work actually speaking to our community because mm-hmm. that's when it's the most powerful and that's when we have the potential to do pretty incredible things in, in addition to entertaining people. Mm-hmm. How do you know when you've done that? Well, I don't know if we'll ever get there. I mean, yeah. I think it's an ever-evolving process. That's what's interesting, too, about offering art is the way in which you assess how you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what is, how do we know? Yeah. I, I think authenticity is a big, is a big word in that because for us building those authentic relationships with our community, I mean, we just, um, finished our, um, inaugural, uh, production of our problem play project, which mm-hmm. is a project that, uh, we get funding through Meyer Memorial Trust to commission, uh, Oregon playwrights of color to adapt Shakespeare's problem plays. And we mm-hmm. did this incredible production, uh, the Island in winter or La Isla in Invierno by Carlos and Trujillo, who's a Cuban American, uh, emerging playwright playwright. And we knew we were doing that production over a year ago. So we knew that we wanted to connect with our Latinx community in a deeper way. And we had built some of those relationships already, but continued to to deepen them through our work leading up to the project. Um, I find it's, it's that that is the important work, mm-hmm. um, and we're not done there, and there's so much more we can do. Um, that was just a step in what I hope is the right direction mm-hmm. of building those relationships because so often, um, you know, you do a play um, with a specific community in mind, and there's an assumption they'll just come because you're doing a play with them in mind, mm-hmm. and that's not how you get that authentic representation and that buy-in from a community until you actually do the work of outreach and building those relationships. What kind of outreach is that? Yeah, I mean, we um, have a great project manager, um, Yasmin uh, Ruvakaba, who works with us on the Problem Play Project and continue to deepen our relationships with Centro Cultural in Cornelius, uh, as well as we worked with Nancy Lopez at the Hillsborough Chamber. She represents the Latinx outreach there. Um, So really working with members of the community, we did events out at M&M Marketplace, Mm -hmm. Hillsborough. Oh, uh, 
and, and baseline. Yeah, so yeah. really getting out into those communities. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, before we can ask people to come to us, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, going to people, be, in being the one to initiate a relationship, mm -hmm. not relying on potential audience members to take the initiative to come to our space. Right, well, and offering something valuable, and it sounds as though your space is a place for people to meet and share stories yeah. and uh, to support Latinx art makers. Yeah, that is the goal. Well, and we have a, a little bit of a geographic challenge because where the vault is is on historic Main Street in downtown Hillsboro. Mm -hmm. And the majority of businesses on Main Street are predominantly white. And we're two blocks from the courthouse mm -hmm. and three blocks from the jail and ice raids. And so we have you know, our Latinx community doesn't always feel safe going into uh -huh. downtown Main Street. So uh -huh. how do we, as a theater company and an organization that um, wants to do more work with social justice, how do we ensure that not only do they feel safe in our own space, but they feel like they can come see a show and and feel safe and feel like they are seeing their own community there? That's, mm. that's something that we yeah. also are starting to, to make work on and have more work to do just to make, make Main Street feel welcome to them. Yeah. Mm. I asked people on Facebook to pose some questions and Nicole Lane yeah. uh, sent this for you, Cassie. Okay. <laughs> Tell me about what excites you most about this new artistic director leadership role and what that means for Bag and Baggage. Ooh, that's such a great question. A Thanks, walker, right? Nicole. I know. <laughs> well, what excites me the most you know, this it, this is a pretty incredible opportunity that I have been entrusted with. Mm -hmm. um, I feel so. I'm I'm in my mid thirties. Uh, I'm the, I'm the same age Scott Palmer was when he started Bag and Baggage, oh. and that little bit of resonance is not lost on me because I feel like artists. Um, at my, the stage that I am in my career, we're often trying to make it happen. Like we're trying to build that thing. We're trying to create it from scratch. And I, I am, I am inheriting a company that is robust and growing and financially solvent. And you know, uh, so I am super excited that the the potential that exists sort of just within the organization right now mm -hmm. um, and all of the, the resident artists and the associate artists and our staff, mm -hmm. um, are, we're just poised to continue moving forward into the future with incredible strength. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, my, the, my interview process for this position was geared around our five-year strategic plan, mm -hmm. much of which is about becoming really good at the work that we do in the vault theater in downtown Hillsboro. So this is a venue we've been in for not even two years, mm -hmm. which has had pretty profound implications on us as a company going from just being a theater company that does shows to being a cultural institution in our, in our city. Um, which has, you know, been the catalyst for us taking on some of these larger, more challenging issues surrounding how we, not just proclaim to be a welcoming space, but how do we make it so that the vault is a place that the entirety of our community knows, knows that they are welcome at, knows that it is a space for them. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm starting to ramble, but mostly what I'm excited about is is the amount of potential just contained in where we're at right now. So growing our roots really is about 
uh, working in and with our community and continuing to to bring more people in and get even better at the work that we do so that we can expand and grow and, you know, take over the world ultimately. <laughs> How does the residency artist program play into your plans for the future? Yeah. So it's, that's been a really, you know, we, we continue, we reevaluate basically every season. Like mm-hmm. it does, how, how does this impact our work? Is it, is it worthwhile? Is this the thing we should continue doing? And really having a group of artists and perhaps you can resonate, you know, when you step into a rehearsal room with people that you have a shared artistic language with and that you've worked with so many times, mm-hmm. you begin that process like three weeks ahead of where you might otherwise be when you're having to do the work of building those relationships and establishing that trust and getting comfortable with the, the requisite vulnerability of mm-hmm. being an artist. So I think that having that group of resident and associate artists, um, um, really profoundly impacts the the depth of the work that we're able to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is also true that most of our shows have a combination of act, bag and baggage actors and actors who are new to the company. Mm-hmm. And it really, um, it enables us to get further and deeper more quickly when there's a group that has this shared artistic language mm-hmm. that is really interested in exploring new relationships and other people and welcoming them into that mm-hmm. sort of, I don't know, our, our, our family in the rehearsal room. What do you offer resident artists? Yeah. So they're given generally, I don't want to say preferential casting, but we, we promise a certain mm-hmm. number of, of roles per season. How many is that? Uh, for our resident actors, they're guaranteed to be offered two major roles per season. Mm-hmm. Our associate artists, we guarantee to offer them one major role per season. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is also a thing that we're continuing to reevaluate because as we are striving to have the faces on our stage be more reflective of the faces in our community, mm-hmm. and we're talking about 16 actors with that whole group, uh, many, most of whom are white, mm-hmm. we're trying to be super upfront that like, these are our values as an organization. Mm-hmm. These are values that our, our artists share. And what this potentially means is fewer roles for people that, mm-hmm. that look is, like us. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone so far has been super on board with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're also, you know, interested in exploring, we're all multifaceted theater artists, right? Like mm-hmm. most of us don't just act or don't mm-hmm. just design. Mm-hmm. Um, so also, you know, in our upcoming season, two of our resident acting company members are going to be directing shows and it's skills that they have that they have utilized before in other companies, but not at bag and baggage. And so, so that's great. You offer yeah. the opportunity for, I'm a resident at Artist Repertory mm-hmm. Theater. Yeah. And so I know that we have the agency to do various things yeah. and that's exciting to have an artistic home. And I think for people who are listening, who don't know the difference that having a resident company is, can be really healthy and wonderful yeah. for artists who have the privilege of uh, being in one and also as a resident, you have the opportunity to take a stand where one needs to be taken in offering the voice to someone else. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's interesting to see how that's all playing out. It definitely is. And I think it'll be it'll be interesting to as we continue to grow and change and move forward into the mm-hmm. future, how how those conversations continue to evolve. Yeah. What are the stories that are the most exciting that you want to tell? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, 
as a woman, I'm biased towards <laughs> women's stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, part of why I, I've worked with Baggage, Baggage since 2011. Mm-hmm. And we've done a whole bunch of all-female Shakespeare productions mm-hmm. or um, taking approaches to classic works that that sort of shift the lens onto the woman's side of the story. Mm-hmm. And that's part of why I've stayed with the company as long as I haven't been as excited about the work that we are doing as I have been. So I'm I'm eager to continue to tell those stories, to continue to um, challenge people to see the world in ways that they may not otherwise see. I mean, mm-hmm. I think... I think that's the value of theater as a cultural institution, right? We're mm. we're in the business of cultivating empathy mm. and of expanding people's worldviews or just helping people to to just perhaps step outside their comfort zone just enough that they acquire a little bit deeper of an understanding about uh, either a person or a topic or an idea that they otherwise may just have totally glossed over. Mm-hmm. So any story that that offers a kernel of that is a story that excites me. Do you think art can heal people or advance us societally? Yes, yes. but I've been talking a lot, so <laughs> Beth is going to go well, first. I'll, I'll start, and I know you have strong feelings about this, Cassie. <laughs> yes, I mean, empathy, right? Like that, that I feel like is the buzzword when we talk about theater and are we a dying art form and this idea of of teaching empathy you there is a connection that artists uh, live performance actors and audience have in the room that does not happen when you're watching Netflix right. uh, at home right mm-hmm. um, and we all as artists know that and I think that is that is the power of theater in a modern in modern time right that this this connection between people that we've lost with social media and on the one hand it's great i'm on social media all the time connecting <laughs> with people all over the world right uh and i the importance of being with people in a room sharing an experience that um scott always said this you know what he loved most about theater was the ephemeral sense of it that in one night uh, everything's gone and the next day is a completely different performance mm-hmm. and that is just the beauty of our art form and I think has that ability to to teach empathy in ways that other performer performing arts doesn't have and I know you have more <laughs> to say on that yeah I've been sitting here trying I love there's this quote that I love and I cannot remember <laughs> who the writer is but but the gist of it is how do we find our way towards conversation for me the answer has always been through story story mm-hmm. bypasses rhetoric and pierces the heart and it goes on and on I'll probably think of who this is later. <laughs> you can Google essentially that and you'll figure it out. Uh, but, you know, the the idea that we are driven into conversation by experiencing story, mm. I think that is key. Like the conversing is key. Yeah. Because I think back to um, everything that followed our, the, our previous presidential election. And I think about the ways in which I saw mainly on social media, mm-hmm. but the way in which I saw the people, my, my friends, my quote-unquote friends, getting entrenched in their political ideologies mm-hmm. and the sort of echo chamber that mm-hmm. social media sometimes has the tendency to be, where, yes, we're having conversation, but we're having conversation with people who think essentially exactly the same things we do. So how do we find our way to conversing with people who have like diametrically opposed points of view? And I think that is where the healing happens. Mm-hmm. That, and so 
when I think about do arts, does, does theater have the power to heal? I think it, I think it lies in, in that, in inviting conversation. So, so how then, because yeah. how do you invite those people? Because as I was saying to you earlier, I was thinking, okay, if art heals, <laughs> and I think as I was listening to Mark Maron's podcast, uh, was interviewing Jane Fonda about, and she mentioned that she was a liberal and that how that shows up sometimes is she sees people do who do terrible things. And what happened to him? Yeah. What happened to him? Yeah. How do you interest people who are so protected in not being fearful to open up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we talk a lot at Bag and Baggage, given that we're in Hillsborough, which is suburban Portland. Um, you know, our audiences are diverse in terms of their political beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, Scott talked about, uh, he called it a bait and switch. <laughs> uh, but we we tend to treat classics like that. So in his adaptation of Romeo and Juliet, Leyland Maginoon, um, where, uh, and Cassie was in it and can speak more to it. Uh, but it was basically, we're going to show you Romeo and Juliet. You know what Romeo and Juliet is, uh, but we're going to put it somewhere completely different when bring a, a Middle Eastern actors and we're going to have them uh, do prayer outdoors in the Tom Hughes Civic Center Plaza in downtown Hillsborough, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, you get your audiences there through something familiar and then show them a different way of approaching it that may, that they wouldn't necessarily have come um, had had we represented it as as something different, but going through, and that's why the classics to us are so important, these stories that have been shared for generations, um, that people have their own familiarity with them, that we bring them in, they have their familiarity, and then we do, we crack it open a little. Um, And I don't know if you want to speak to that more. I would totally echo that. I mean, I think think part of it entails meeting people where they are. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a huge part. There's so much of, so much of me as an artist just wants to like push the boundaries and and find the edges and blow past those. And, and that is super exciting to do artistically, but you know, half the time you leave your audience behind at the starting line because it's that, that very, very important element of trust, uh, has, has not been established. So I think, you know, especially as we're in Hillsborough, sort of taking the time to understand who our audiences are, where they're coming from, and the fact that they're coming from a whole bunch of different places. Mm. So how can we be thoughtful and intentional about the starting point? Mm -hmm. Um, And this is all still so, so like esoteric, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But making sure that, that, you know, part of being welcome in a space is feeling safe Mm -hmm. in that space and feeling heard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that has to do, you know, on a very practical level with just the, the ways in which we communicate with our audiences, mm-hmm. uh, be it through our website or through our emails or standing in the lobby for during shows and mm-hmm. and um, being willing to hear people's complaints. I mean, we get we have historically gotten a whole bunch of like hate mail because of the way that we've tweaked classics and, you know, or screwing around with Shakespeare or, you know, um, because people are very passionate about 
the classics in particular. So and about the entrenching yeah, qualities of yeah. uh, how we've been doing things. Mm-hmm. It's very comforting that yep. because all the hierarchy remains in Precisely. place. Precisely. So it's easy to be like, oh, another piece of hate mail and like, you know, dismiss it. But I, I think part of that trust building is engaging that mm-hmm. and not just writing off um, people who might not get what we're doing or who might disagree with what we're mm-hmm. doing, or, you know, so taking the time to, to be in real contact, be in real contact and, and welcome that conversation, especially when it's uncomfortable. So would there be any artistic practice that you do personally to fill your own cup that you'd recommend to the 45? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. I went straight to the breath work. You did. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah. breath work. Yeah. I just feel like that would just open things up, maybe turn the the deep red color to something a little more <laughs> kinda I don't know. Yeah. I mean I resonate with that. I, I have training in Fitzmorris voice work. Mm-hmm. So that's the breath as a as a healing thing. I think is so Fitzmorris. Yeah. For forty five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just get yourself and get get a good Fitzmorris teacher. I'm 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 gonna think about how to get that. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Beth? Any thoughts? Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, I I think I keep going back to this idea of um, meeting people where they live. And um, this, the, it, it comes from, f- to me, it comes from fear, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, there is, especially when you're dealing with classics and literature, there is a little bit of anti-intellectualism mm-hmm. in this country right now that I think stems from 45 and and this idea that knowledge is power and uh that's scary mm. and i i feel like that's co- typically coming from a place of, of fear and feeling less than someone else. Well, and we're tearing down a lot of old stories, or I guess we're really not tearing them down. We're we're adding what's been missing for so yeah. long, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I, I feel like there's just a... Um, you know, as as actors and artists, we do so much work on ourselves, right, in order to become this vessel for other characters. It feels like you need some real deep uh, work and body deep tissue d- work, yeah, right? <laughs> like some real yeah. uh, emotional, like getting to the because you you know, as an actor, you have to deal with your own stuff before you can get there, right? Like, so he's got to dig deep. <laughs> so you're saying right to therapy? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just straight. You yeah. know, I was I was talking with a friend yesterday um, who uh, d- really is, like, so disconnected from the theater world. Um, and she was asking me a whole bunch of questions about, like, well, how does, you know, how, like, what is your world even like? But she was telling me that um, her son was really struggling in school. Like, her son's, like, eight years old. And he's just, you know, ha- having some challenges. And f- for whatever reason, they ended up... Um, uh, he ended up taking the acting class and that just ha- like has completely changed hmm. his uh, ability acting to have class. Yeah, yeah. to that have would be confidence good for in himself yeah. right and I mean and as a person who has taught acting to kids, I, that's part one of my favorite. Are you parts. intimating that he's a kid? Well, I'm, I I will <laughs> you know make no assumptions here. There are perhaps some childlike, juvenile esque qualities. <laughs> wow, that's nice. But yeah, yeah I, you know, um, very but nice. yeah, you know, just watching people. And I think I think what Beth said about fear mm-hmm. is yeah. huge. Um, and and that whole thing that that 
people who hurt other people are that hurt comes from mm-hmm. somewhere that is yeah. themselves so yeah. or that is in themselves or that has been done to them yeah. um and and put i think especially teaching acting to the more juvenile among us mm-hmm. is about is about cultivating a little bit of that ability to like love and trust yourself mm-hmm. so yeah breathwork acting classes yep. therapy therapy yep. yeah All right let's find some people who will just you know sign that person up <laughs> great so why do you think regional theater is so important to hillsborough yeah well, talk, talking about this, like, non-urban versus urban, mm. not versus, but um, so we're a member of Theater Communications Group, which mm-hmm. is the national kind of regional theater association. And so um, we have gone to the national conference, and um, we, at the last conference, um, we actually had a place that was kind of a safe space for us non-urban theaters, mm. um, where we, uh, I spoke about Bag and Baggage and the work we're doing, and other theaters spoke, and what we found as a group of of non-urban theaters is that we feel like we have even uh, more work to do than our urban colleagues because so often when we go to these conferences and you're dealing with theaters that are in New York and Chicago and you know they often are are saying well it's so easy to to talk to our audiences they get it they get it and you know Scott and I or Cassie and I will look at each other and be like well our audiences are not always that they're not always getting it they're not always on board with what we're doing so we talk a lot in our non-urban circle about what we're doing in these communities where rural meets urban, right? Mm -hmm. When you talk about Washington County specifically, you know, we are farmland meets technology, right? Mm -hmm. Hillsboro Mm -hmm. has grown so dramatically over the past 15 years. Um, And so how do we have the old and the new? And how do we as a theater company continue to bridge that gap between uh, those groups? Well, just your description of what you're doing with Shakespeare just sums it all up. Yeah. That's really exciting to think about reflecting to your city what's happening there through mm-hmm. art. Yeah. We also have a great program called Brave Space, which mm-hmm. um, we're in our second year of. Um, and so that is kind of our answer to a typical kind of question and answer discussion series that a lot of theaters do, we call it a listening session. So we'll bring speakers and it's usually thematic to our productions. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know when we did Spinning into Butter, which was the opening show at the vault, we brought in Black Lives Matter. And that was really that they weren't sure that they wanted to do that. They haven't had the best experiences at other theaters um, dealing with really intense conversations. And so what we said, and this was our first one, we just want you to tell your story. You're going to be speaking to a predominantly white audience, but they're not gonna ask you questions. They are here to listen. They wanna hear your stories. So they came. And that's what it was. It was an hour of them telling us their stories, their personal stories about why this work matters to them. And Mm. our predominantly white audience listened. Sometimes speakers will offer up question and answers if they feel comfortable. But really, that is a chance for a community that doesn't have those opportunities to Mm -hmm. come sit in the vault for an hour and listen to someone share their story. Mm -hmm. And we've had such a great response from both presenters and our audience. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, it's a pretty special thing. I mean, and you know, 
I, I love being able to ask questions, but it's also, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a white woman. I, I have the safety of doing that. And I also have the ability to sort of like commandeer the conversation or steer it in the way that I want mm-hmm. it steered. And challenging our audiences to like just receive, mm-hmm. just listen in the way that so many people in our world have to just receive and just listen because yes. they do not have the, any type of the empowerment to be able to do anything else, uh, I think is is a pretty important piece. Yeah, I agree. And it's interesting because I found myself in similar situations where I love to ask questions and I'm a woman who has power. I have mm-hmm. some privilege and just even taking that breath before you raise your hand or speak Mm -hmm. out and seeing who else wants to speak out Mm -hmm. and encouraging others to speak out by your own personal silence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just listening is, it's so powerful. And it's funny too, because as our world gets faster and faster, I find that some of the things that are most important in the work at hand is to be slower and slower. Mm -hmm. And just listening, people are like, well, what's happening? What what are we getting? You know, it's like, no, this is actually the space of listening, which there's like these very subtle things happening but they're not as easily felt or recognized, you know? Or we, we get less sensitized to actually being able to identify them because we're, yeah, fast-paced, go, 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 things happening all the Season time. Season announcement, exactly. casting, yeah. blah, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. all the stuff. Well, uh, we're also excited to see what you're going to do, Cassie. Hey, thanks. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited yeah, and, you know, terrified and all, all of those things. Thank yeah. you so much. Uh, it sounds, I mean, it seems that you two are really uh, terrific partners in the work, yeah. I'm pretty. Yeah. Beth Lewis is amazing, so mm. I'm real lucky that. Hey, thanks. Yeah, you're, you're not, not so bad no yourself. Problem. Oh, hey, <laughs> good, good. Well, looking forward to hearing about what you're doing, and if anyone wants to check out Bag and Baggage, which they most certainly should. Yes. The website, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. It's bag and then the letter n yep. and then baggage.org yes correct great yeah so check it out there's lots of wonderful things going on see how you can be a part of the community i think it's always exciting to uh, encourage and Im- invite uh no wrong word it's wonderful to check out the website and see how you might want to be a part yeah yes, please. and i will throw in for people in portland uh, who are like Hillsboro is like five hours away. <laughs> um, I will let you know that our theater is a mere block from the Max Blue Line. Yes. I commute that way every single day from Portland. I love Portland. the Blue Line. Yes. So, and you go through the zoo area, which is do. scenic. It's yes. beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's a good. It's a good ride. So I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yes, please. It's and it's great. And then you can like you can come to a show. You can have a drink after the show and get right on the train and not worry about. Anything. Think about all the people you can talk to on the train. Same. Tell them about great theater if it's accessible Absolutely. on the Blue Line. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having us. Mm -hmm. Why do we sound so good? Because we're at Dead Aunt Thelma's studio and Mike Moore is engineering for us. Thanks, Dead Aunt Thelma's. Thanks, Mike.